from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report, where we count down the top 10 things this past week that made us go wow. Wow. Um, I'm Fennan Bailey, co-founder of World of Wonder. Delighted, thrilled, honored to be joined once again by Wow Report editor James St. James. That's me. And we have with it, we, we don't have, we, we, we've lost Tom once again. I, I'm sorry to say two episodes per year is what he's logging in. <laughs> I, 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 is what, what seems to be the case. Cause now I heard, we he, have gets, I heard he gets 40,000 an episode. <laughs> <laughs> we have with us our millennial producer, Blake Jacobs joining in as guest host. Hello. Hello. Um, so it's an intimate little show. It's on team, as they may say. <laughs> um, but welcome. So, we, so let's get let's jump into the countdown. Number ten, James. Number ten. Um, you know, my new uh, uh, obsession. I am just. I'm loving this show. Is Medici the Magnificent on um, on Netflix? It's sort of a. Um, uh, it's about the the infamous banking family, medieval banking family of 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 um, Italy in the what fourteen hundreds, and it's sort of a multi generational show. It um it's very Game of Thrones. It's it's very um uh it it's three seasons. It was from twenty sixteen to twenty twenty or twenty nineteen. I don't know how there didn't get more attention. I don't know why it wasn't given any love or. Anything. It's like the humdinger of a juicy story. It's a bit like what was the what was the other one that they had? The Borgias. Um... There was the Borgias. Yeah. Yes, and it's very much the same. It's um, you don't think that this show about uh this banking family? I mean, they are all just they're. Who knew that the the Medici's were all swarthy, lusty, handsome men who were just ah. Uh, they're so handsome. The first, the first season, it's um Dustin Hoffman and uh, Richard Madden, who is was in Game of Thrones. He was Rob Stark in Game of Thrones, and he was in The Bodyguard. I don't know if you watched The Bodyguard. It was yes, so handsome, so wonderful. It's uh, him and his brother Lorenzo, and um, and then the second season is the Next Generation, and it's Daniel Sharman, who was so good on Teen Wolf. <gasps> He's so handsome. And you know, I'm just a fool for a man in a doublet. I just, I love a doublet and a livery and those little, those high collars with the little pleated ruffles. Oh, be still my heart. I go absolutely bananas. I see you in one of those colors. In fact, there's a beautiful picture of you, isn't there? Um, well, there's, I, in I one have of a those run in something, yes. But but the, this, these medieval like outfits that they have, they're so good. And they're everybody's all these men are in capes, they're all swishing about. <gasps> so good. Anyway, um it's just it's absolutely fantastic. And there's lots of subplots about like you know, uh, usury notes and bank liens and things like that, that like, who really cares? But it, the the costumes and the men are fabulous enough to carry you through. But didn't the Medici's basically sponsor the Renaissance? Weren't they the patrons of all the no. artists? Of- yeah, what happened was, is that they um, bought their uh, a, pa- a, pa- a papacy. They bought the Pope. And the Pope in the Vatican 
all the money from that, they went through the Medici bank. So they were flushed with money that no other banker was having in Europe during the, the, that period. And so Cosimo Medici was the one who um, built the dome in Florence and realized the flying buttresses, that was the way to do it. And, uh, and he was very much an artist and a patron of the arts and a patron of Donatello. And, and um, uh, I think Botticelli, I'm not sure, but um, so there's all of that. He was very much, he was very much for the artist, but, um, but at the same time, there was lots of wheeling and dealing and it's very like succession in the, in the middle ages. Perfect description, right? And it's it's set in Florence, isn't it? So I imagine yeah. the whole thing looks sumptuous. Oh, the, the, really, the cinematography is unbelievable. It's so beautiful. It's all filmed in the actual places, you know, where, where, where these things happen. And um, uh, like I said, fabulous fashion, fabulous cinematography, fabulous boys. And um, it's just it's something to really sort of sink your teeth into. It's It's really fabulous. One last question. How does it compare to Versailles? Oh, well, that's interesting because um, I guess it, Versailles is a hundred years later, probably. This is this right. is still we're still in the mi- early Middle Ages here, whereas Versailles is you know is the, right. the flower. Did you see the series? Because it's lots of sort of historical yes. romping and fucking and you yes, know. and there's a the hot gay brother, the drag yes. queen brother. Yes. <laughs> I do love it. That's a bit more flowery with the big puffy shirts and the ruffles and all that stuff and the men in the high heels and the wigs and all. This this is this is this is we aren't quite at that period in time yet. But um <laughs> it's, it's a lot of this it's a lot of the same drama, yeah. Awesome. So that's the Medici's, right? On Netflix. Yeah, Medici the Magnificent. Medici the Magnificent. Oh, I love it. Oh, number nine. Number nine. I just wanted to go over a few hot topics, some headlines. Oh, yeah. Um, well, recently we lost Tawny Katane. Oh, 80s. what a loss. What a loss to the world. Yes. <laughs> God bless her. I know. 80s super video vixen. She might have invented video vixens, right? She was the one rolling around on the on the car hood, right? Wasn't that Rolls her Royce? Day? Yeah, yeah, White Snake, because she was the dating white... the, the she was dating the lead singer of White Snake, I believe. Um, well, she passed away, and her bro- fifty nine. She was only fifty nine. That's her heart. Yeah, she her father had just died, and her brother is saying that he thinks she died of a broken heart because they were super close, and he talked to her the night before. And she seemed fine. It was like right before Mother's Day. So just really sucks. Rest in perfection. Well, what did she die of? Do we know? Or was it just, it was just, it was literally her heart just gave out because she was so sad. That's what her brother's saying. We all know she had a history of, you know, yeah. of drug and alcohol abuse. She, in fact, was on like the Dr. Drew thing. Rehab stuff, yeah. Yeah. So, and her brother seems to think that she was in a good place and that wasn't what was going on, but. But, you know, it's like Alexander McQueen, you know, and it was on what a couple of weeks after his mother passed away is when he, he took his life. And, and there are, it's, it is, it's just, you know, grief is, is a very profound thing. And it's very, it's, it's sad that it, that she, anyway. 
another it's a weird thing too grief isn't it it's not like a constant feeling it's sort of it kind yeah well i mean it comes in waves definitely Mm -hmm. yeah totally yeah if especially when you're alone and yeah um another sad news this week (laughs) (laughs) the the cog destroyers broke up oh good god in heaven is that the saddest thing on the planet god i love them so much what do you think went down well, you saw from um, that so she overheard a conversation that Sophie overheard Rebecca. Or no, Rebecca overheard Sophie talking shit about her. And so then she unfollowed her. And then she went online and said that it's, you know, friendships aren't what you think they are. It was a whole there was a, a, a lot happening. But it is it's just they are two lovely women. And I know just, you don't. I mean, we don't know whose side to take, or we don't know who if there was any bad guys in it. And or, anyway, yeah. how, Fenton, are you a big Cock Destroyer fan? I'm a huge Cock Destroyer fan. Um, they actually came into the office really um, right before the pandemic. It was, I think, one of the last in person meetings we had. Such an honor with the Cock Destroyers, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Matthew Camp came with them as well. Um, oh, it wow, was just, it was just a lovely. It was just a lovely meeting. Um, maybe, you know, maybe time will heal the wounds and maybe there's a reconciliation. That would be lovely. Maybe it's yeah. all for, you know, show and they just want to break up just so they can make up. Oh, well, that would be lovely. That wouldn't it. Um, last bit of news. It's not sad, but it is strange. Have you guys heard that there's another celebrity boxing thing? And... uh. Lamar Odom is going to be versus your boy Aaron Carter. No, really? Yes, yes. And there's Lamar be Odom con- versus Aaron Carter. I don't even see that as being a, like I. That's a knockout in the in the first ten seconds, isn't it? Right. It's uh, TMZ is reporting that they're both um, sparring very hard and working very hard towards this. And Ice T is supposed to give us colorful commentary. Well, what with this whole Logan Paul thing and man, I know I can't even get into. I don't even. I it's too heterosexual for me. It's I. It's <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, totally. Well, it's in four more weeks, so set your DVRs, I guess. Carrot bottom, care. are you uh, paying attention <laughs> to the world of boxing? <laughs> I don't know, but I can't see Aaron Carter making it through. Right, Aaron Carter. I know he was a singer and an OnlyFans star, and now he's a boxer. All just like this year, right? He was bisexual for a day. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Little pet. I do love that single he had. Um, Aaron Carter, right? Yeah. And then his "I Want Candy" remake. Oh, I want candy. All right. Um, number eight. Number eight. I had the strangest dream in the early hours of this morning. I dreamt I was going to a kibbutz. I was on the bus going to a kibbutz to look at an art show. And it was an art show of robot art. And we arrived there. I get off the coach at the kibbutz. And I'm about to walk into the gallery of robot art. And I realize I don't have my mask on. And as I'm fumbling for my mask, I wake up. And that's the end of a dream. So I wonder, though, because this weekend, Julian's, you know, Julian's who do the auctions, the celebrity yeah, auction stuff, huh? 
This weekend, Julian's are auctioning off a thousand items of Janet Jackson's. Oh, They're doing a big that. Janet Jackson auction. Yeah. Um, she's getting rid of everything. Like, um, and um, she's raising she's getting rid of her, her um, uh, the tour jacket or the jackets from the um, what is, what is the what is the big song where she's in um, the jacket? Well, she had quite a few big songs, really. No, the, no, no, the control. Oh, you mean all in the, 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 the army fatigue? Oh, oh, oh Rhythm, Rhythm Nation. Nation. Rhythm Nation. Yeah, she's getting rid of her Rhythm Nation jacket. She's oh. also getting rid of the jacket she wore in the Scream video, which she did with Michael. Oh, which is one yes, of my that favorite videos. Miyaki, and, is he Miyaki? Yes, I love that song. I love or that Yoshi, video. Yoshi Yamamoto. Yes. What um, about the titty patch? <laughs> right? That strangely not, has not been mentioned. She's but getting rid of her 1956. Can, can we talk celebrity auctions for a minute? I, I, I didn't know where to go with this, whether we want to talk about robot art going without masks or celebrity auctions. And I'm going to go with celebrity auctions here because also there's two other celebrity auctions this week that are of note. Um, Kurt Cobain's six strands of his hair are being auctioned off. Um, and also there's a big um, auction at um, Christie's or Sotheby's of Napoleon, Napoleon Bonaparte's, um, uh, all of his belongings, a lot of his belongings. And one of his belongings was a necklace made of his hair. So you can either um, get uh, Kurt Cobain or Napoleon Bonaparte's hair. Um, and also some of his fabulous, like, you know, um, uh, linens and China, you know, really fabulous. And maybe, stuff. maybe there's a strand or two of Janet Jackson's hair to be had. Look, I got the... I have the catalog here. It is a three-volume masterpiece of um, Janet Jackson. And then you open it up, and it has a a screen inside with a video message that plays. That is so amazing. The invitation where she talks about wanting to get rid of all her stuff. And it's it's like, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, how much did you pay for that? Well, I didn't. Uh, the, uh, Billy bought it, so I don't know. I don't. I kind of don't want to know. But <laughs> it's going to sit next to the um the the Michael because Julian's also did the Michael Jackson auction right, that yeah. never actually ended up happening, and I have the catalog for that. So, hey, but but if can we veer off for another second about the robot art, which I think is yes. there's a lot to to dig into I, there. I know. But I also did you see in the news that um robots are uh learning how to sweat that that's um this new the uh, uh, you know to a lot of um uh ais and everything take up a lot of energy and they tend to overheat and so scientists have learned to instead of um overheating that they give off water they put some water in the the computer and that it sweats when it starts to overheat and that's mm. how it can make the, the, the AIs or can be smarter and smarter and we can move towards synchronicity. Well, and I guess if you're going to have sex with a robot, which something always in Matt Judge's column, it's always like he's always putting in robot sex articles. But I guess if you get a robot that's sweating, that's going to be better sex than a robot. Well, that's maybe not. we can have self lubricating robots. There you go. Exactly. Um, but the weird thing about that, James, was like, I've, I, why would I go to a kibbutz? Number one. Number two, robot art. What? 
And then, but there is, it must have been some premonition about Janet Jackson's auction, or it must have been on my mind in some strange way. But at some point, I wonder, you know, we talk, you talk about how robots can write songs better than actual people and, and, you know, write books and, and it's, you know, robot art is going to be a thing at some point, robot, robot, NFB, NFTs. Well, it is a little bit of a digression, but actually uh, (laughs) the, I've been listening to this thing about exoplanets, you know, which are these planets that are like Earth in the solar system and other galaxies. And the whole preoccupation is the search for life. You know, does life exist? And someone came on and said something so profound. Maybe this is why the person said, you know, there may not be flesh and blood life. What's more likely is there is electrical life. And I was like, huh, that's interesting because didn't we invent electricity? And of course, stupid me no of course we didn't elect invent like we just discovered its properties so electricity the likelihood of electric life is what is my point where i'm going with this and then we'll go to break is the idea that i think there's a good chance that humans will evolve ourselves out of the equation and that we will have replaced ourselves with robots and electrical what well, have you? And, you, know, you know that that's that that whole you know argument that it when the robots do become sentient or do become smarter than humans, they will just either see us as cockroaches and mice and pestilence to be erased, or we are going to be slaves. They, no point or pets. You know, we are pets hmm. or pestilence or slaves. There's there's no we are not going to be their equals, and they are going to be much. You know, at, at a certain point, they're going to want to eradicate us. That's right, right. I, there's just an article, actually, I was going to talk about this too, where um says that it's official that we now live in our phones, that we live in our phones more than we live with our loved ones or our families. And I well, always remember you, James, coming yeah. into my office once and saying, get your head out of that computer, take it out of your ass and talk you know, to me. You know, because we, we talk about um people holding on to things for 30 years and, and such. And that, that was not was, a microaggression. That was, that was a love, that was me years ago. Fenton. That was me rolling on my back with my legs in the air for you to tickle my tummy. That was a submission. That was not a microaggression. <laughs> that was like, James, forgive me, please. <laughs> Maybe we should take a break. Have you played a I do. What is in terms of like animal extinction extinctions? What is the extinction capital of the world? That's a fascinating question. Listen to the Wow Report on Radio Andy. We'll be right back with the answer after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with James, St. James, and Blake. I forgot to mention that Drag Race Espana's official air date, May 30th on Wow Presents Plus, of course, worldwide, excluding Spain, uh, where it's on the Artres Player Premium. Um, Yeah. There you go. Now we had a question for the break. (laughs) Yeah, I asked, like, in terms of animal extinctions, what is the extinction capital of the world? I'm going to have to say China, probably where they hunt people. They hunt animals to extinction more frequently than other places. Is it is it a city or a country? Neither. Oh, it's just a region. Maybe Africa. (laughs) No, it's Hawaii. What? Why? Yeah. 
Well, let me explain in number seven. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, it's a tease. Well, we've reached number seven. We're counting down the top ten things that make us go wow. Ten, nine, eight. Blake, number seven. Number seven. Um, last night I watched a hot short doc on my favorite streaming service besides Wow Presents Plus, um, Discovery Plus, um, and it is called Feral. It's about the loads of feral cats they have loose uh-huh. in Hawaii. Have you heard? Did you guys know about this? I've I actually never. I've, I've heard about this. Yes, I have heard that, that Hawaii is a feral cat capital of the world. Okay, well, this is. Okay. Hawaii was formed from volcanoes, we all know, millions of years ago, um, over millions of years. So there are no animals on on Hawaii, on on the island. Everything had had to be brought in, yes. Right. Yeah. uh And there's three ways, sea, the sea, wind, or they fly in. Um, For the longest time, there were only monk seals. And um, bats, those were the only mammals. Huh. So the reason it's the extinction capital of the world is because it's so fragile. Like all these species, they form species, and that's why it's so special and vulnerable. Um, Because they are indigenous to Hawaii so that they can come and go at at, at the drop of a hat. Right, and over 50% of all extinctions in the world are in Hawaii. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, for, ex- for example, there are four, 145 bird species in Hawaii until humans arrived, and um, 95 of those are now extinct. Really? Yeah. 33 of those on the endangered list... And 10 of the 33 haven't been seen in decades. So pretty much there's only like. Anyway. So it's just because of man coming to the island. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's a lot of it. it, it, Well, it's just, yeah, man coming and there's, there's people that are conservationists and they want to conserve the land to how it was, you know, like. They're these little birds. They're called uh, seabirds, I think. And they, like, bury themselves in the sand. Well, there's so many feral cats that they are killing these seabirds. And they're teaching all their kittens to hunt the seabirds. And the seabirds are going extinct. Another thing that's going extinct are the monk seals. And that is because of, have you guys ever heard of toxoplasma? Okay, sure. Is it some kind of algae? It it is <clears throat> found in cat fecal matter. Okay. <laughs> and they will and it does something really weird. In rats, it makes them switch desire and fear. So instead of like whenever the cats crap, the mice will eat it. They get this toxoplasma. It switches their fear to desire. So now they smell cat urine, and instead of running away from it, they actually go to it. And, and then the cats kill them. Right. And for the longest time, they didn't think t- that this toxoplasma, which lives in cat guts, it can only reproduce there. 
they didn't think that it was really like a big deal for humans, but uh-huh. like they're finding now that people that have that are more likely to get into like bad car accidents. Wait a minute. Like if, if I start eating cat, cat poo, am I going to, am I going to well, mix up my the, desire and my fear? It says, it also said one in three people already has this toxoplasma. One in three people are eating cat poo. So one of the three, no, not necessarily, but it gets contaminated, you know? We're, we're, and I this, know the, the pregnant, monks, pregnant the women are not filled. supposed to clean out the cat box, right? If you're right. pregnant, don't clean out mm-hmm. the cat box because it's toxic. And yeah. there's, so many feral ca- there's so many yeah. feral cats that these monk seals, it's getting in the seawater and they're getting sick from this. Now, so. this is a good show that Tom Campbell is not on because basically what you're arguing for is exterminating all the feral cats and well, Tom and would be not happy there's, with so there's people fighting two people that would normally be on the same side. There are animal welfare people who are for mass sterilization of the cats, you know, catch them, neuter them, release them. And then there are conservationists who think that they should just eradicate and kill all the cats to save, preserve, you know, the native species. So that's the well, big. I'm more interested in how you can sort of distill this, this toxic plasma or plasma toxo or whatever and and weaponize it you know how you can how you can use that in war how you can turn fear into desire or desire so my fear into- of you james would turn into irrepressible desire well no but i'm wondering if like you could make a bomb out of it and you know all the the, the people who are afraid suddenly start fucking in the streets and and that would be i think awesome. there's a whole science fiction novel in that it's true but it's called Feral. It's on Discovery Plus. It's only 30 minutes. You can totally do it. I loved it. Huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. James, number six. Number six. Number six. I was going to talk about Jupiter's Legacy, but I'm not going to talk about that anymore. I want to um, talk about the breaking news this week about Ellen giving up the show after 19 seasons. I think that's... Um, uh, a case of cancel culture actually canceling someone, you know, you, you, you talk about how um, people can just apologize for what they do and move on. And, and I think that she really, um, it, it really did affect her. Maybe uh, the, the, all the people turning on her. What do you think about it, Femme? Well, well, the audience did it... decline, right? And she's had an Im- amazing run. Like, I think yeah. to do a show like that must be actually quite hard work. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, after 19 seasons, maybe she's just ready for something else regardless, you know? But, but, will, she, but will anybody give her the chance to do something else? Or is she just going to take her money and fade into the background? Well, if it was me, and it's not me, and it's not, you know, I would take the money and run because, like, who needs... I mean, my God. (laughs) I just read today that she has a development deal with Discovery on top Uh of shows on um, Fox. And then she has that ABC Game of Games. And then she also has the HBO furniture design show. So she's not. She'll she'll probably move into more of a producer role. Maybe not be in front of the camera as much. But um, I was reading an article today and Twitter sort of was chiming in about how um, it was sort of a Rosie O'Donnell syndrome 
where why can't they just let mean lesbians be mean lesbians? Why do mean lesbians have to pretend to be the queen of nice when Rosie O'Donnell was not the queen of nice? She was she was a sharp tongued comedian, but she had to play the role where she had the Hillary Clinton hair and the Chanel suits and had to be in love with Tom Cruise. And she had to do all of that to be a success on daytime. And that's Ellen DeGeneres is, is, you know, her comedy was always very snarky and she had to be the queen of nice in order to be successful. Why so what you're saying is social society, wide homophobia has forced, you know, exactly, exactly. made like, them be what they aren't necessarily naturally. Like, why right? can't we just let them be sharp tongued comedians? And why do they have to, to conform to our idea? Why do they have to be soft and cuddly in order to be a success? Why do, why, why can't we just let, you know, these, James, these that's a really. Shark- I think that's so true. You know, absolutely. Because yeah. there's nothing I more felt- delicious than a barbed comment, right? I mean, it's just yeah. so fabulous. But you, we remember like, how, how Ellen really was the queen of nice, though. Like no, but she, no, but we know she isn't. We we knew all along that that was just a persona she was putting on to be successful because that really wasn't what her comedy was. Uh. You know, and it's the same thing with Rosie. Like it was very strange well, yeah. when Rosie could... was like so cuddly and sweet and nice because she really she never was that person. And we saw once she was on the View that that's who she really was. And God bless her. And that's you know, like be yourself, and and we'll still love you. But but first, for people to make their millions, they have to conform to, and I, they can't be threatening gay people. Is is I guess what it comes down i to. mean rosie O'Don- o'donnell was famous before the show though yeah it was so was ellen. Become, ellen had the ellen show it was just to become mega famous they had to become america's yeah. sweetheart almost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. well i think she's had an amazing run and i think she's amazing so and as you say like you know she's She's a media mogul, so she probably doesn't have to worry. You know the other thing she's done? She's bought and sold a lot of houses. She's well, a real genius. Say, that's, that's where the money really is. She really she, she started in um in Hancock Park here, remember when she was with mm. Anne, and they bought that first starter house, and she flipped that, and she has been flipping for 25 years. It was a gorgeous house. I mean, just gorgeous. I was like, why would you want to flip this and leave? But like every... You know, I guess now I she's in Santa Barbara with her $120 million houses, yeah. and they just yeah. keep getting bigger and bigger and more fabulous. Well, good for her. <laughs> <laughs> My earpiece fell out. Hazards of aging, bits of you just start falling off. <laughs> robots. So, um, at number five. Number five. James, do you ever read the website Messy Nessie? Messy no, Nessie. no, tell me about it. Oh, chic.com is my favorite. Oh, wait, you know what it is. Yes, keep, keep going, yeah. They have such fascinating articles. And the other day, I mean, I should do a whole thing about Messy Nessie at some other time. But the other day, I read one about Bieber. Have I ever bored you shitless about Bieber before? Well, I do know. I do know of your obsession with Bieber and Bieber wallpaper and Bieber uh, yes. the patterns. Yes. Bieber was that we talked about. Y'all are still in the Bieber? Oh shit! Yes, Bieber was, uh, you know, a boutique in the '60s, swinging '60s. But okay. then, in in the hated decade of the '70s, which I think was a genius decade. But anyway, in like 1973, they opened Big Bieber and they took over an old department store and just turned it into an emporium of disco deco. It was just peach tinted mirrors and ostrich feathers 
and mm -hmm. everything was very dark and the whole thing was built like a sort of like a theme park and and in the basement was the food hall where they had all their own Bieber branded foods and in the the top floor was the rainbow room where the New York Dolls played David Bowie played this beautiful art deco ballroom and then the ground floor what was so intriguing on the ground floor instead of the windows showing merchandise they put seats so you could just sit and watch people on high street kensington and i spent so it was, my it was a combination of danceteria and andy warhol's factory but done in sort of a boho chic uh, yes. uh store yeah and and then the sort of art deco revival and for some reason i cannot I, it must be something to do with like kibbutzes and ro um, robot art shows i have some primeval connection with Art Deco. I love Art Deco. You know, in fact, if I just turn my thing a little bit, there's my Bieber lamp. Whoops. There you go. Try okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, woman standing naked with a thingy. Um, oh, and the other thing I have, and I don't know if I should even share this because it's not, it's politically a bit dodgy, but is a box of Bieber soap flakes. These are from 1975, which is what? Wait, 25, why is this 46 years old? Soap? Well, why it's a little Aunt Jemima y, the, the oh. representation. Oh, Maybe we should show okay. that the back's got a feral cat. That's better. Um, <laughs> so I actually bought these in the, in the Bieber food hall. In 1975. Wait, what are soap flakes? What, what's a soap flake? Soap flakes are like, like flakes of soap, and you put them in to wash clothes. But this is before washing machines and what have you, James. Oh, like, like laundry detergent. Yes, but flakes, not powder. That's all. <laughs> okay, okay. And they had baked beans, and oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> and I, it was laundry insane. They had laundry detergent, darling, laundry detergent, and baked beans. It was all about the baked beans <laughs> in the 1970s. Yes, the boho sheet baked beans. <laughs> it's about the wrapping. It was all about packaging <laughs> and black and gold. And it was this whole idea. You see, it was pre Ralph Lauren. It was very much the idea of a, of a retail environment as some kind of immersive place as opposed to just go and buy a pair of underwear. It was like, darling, you're entering a whole fantasy. Well, it does, and it's, really, yeah, it's very Warholian. It's, it's very much there. Oh, James, you would have, I think you would have loved Bieber. You might have walked in and said, what is this place? But anyway, it was very dark. And it was a result, everyone was always shoplifting. And in 1975, when the recession hit the UK, the whole thing went bankrupt. The big Bieber store, this amazing, huge emporium, was only open for like five months. Interesting fact. Barbara Hulanicki was the founder of Bieber. And she, after that collapse, moved to Miami, South Beach, where she played a hand basically in reviving all the really? Art Deco hotels that are along the Collins Drive there on Ocean, yeah, Ocean Drive. Yeah. Sorry, Ocean oh, how Drive. interesting. Yeah. Those, I mean, it's so amazing. I, you know, I lived in South Beach. Um, for about six months in early nineties, mm. right as the the it was all starting to come up again, mm. and all the the Raleigh and the the um yes. the, all of those uh hotels were still abandoned, and you could go into them and look and and run around and play in them. That's right, James. Randy and I were brought down there to do something about like some hotel was renovating, and they brought the us Delano, down. Maybe I think it was the Delano and the Raleigh, and yeah. And we had the most amazing Lewis. Oh, I wish I could remember his name. Oh, I like, remember but, Lewis from um uh, the Wire magazine. Yes, um, yes, Lewis Camaro. Well, uh, I remember. Anyway, him, yeah, but you could rent an apartment on Ocean Drive for like 
50 75 dollars a month an oceanfront apartment right next door to all these abandoned old i mean you could buy one for like 75 grand but oh yeah i mean it, it was it was it was amazing and it, there was um all the uh the sex parks and stuff. <laughs> well, I, well, I wouldn't crazy. know about that at I was Viva, in love did... with the elegance and the glamour, James. <laughs> From the windows, the... you sat and watched the people shop, or you sat and watched the people walk by? You sat and watched the people walk by. You, oh, just, you were in the, in the window. <laughs> okay. We're time, we're time hopping all over the place here. You know, it was a little, people was a little like area, I think, in a way. Except instead of a nightclub, it was a, it was a, a, a store that was open regular hours but it was a little like area the whole thing was designed and curated it sounds a bit like tiger morris tiger morris is um uh what was it in the 60s she had the the psychedelic shop in uh, on the upper east side that she curated all the paper dresses and and all that is definitely a precursor definitely a pioneer of this sort of retail mm. What is the word? But retail fantasy, I suppose, really. I mean, I suppose maybe it's not that complicated. But anyway, uh, we'll post the link to the article on Messy Nessie. Um, we'll go to a break. I'll just let you know that Voynarovich, fuck you, faggot fucker, is available on video on demand. And you just go to uh, kinonow.com. I really recommend it. Blake, do you have a question? I do, I do. This one kind of goes to your next topic. Um, I kind of thought you would have already done it by now, but <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Um, Alec Kashishian directed Madonna's Truth or Dare, which is 30 years old this month, year. Who was originally going to direct Madonna's Truth or Dare? <laughs> oh, you know this, Fenton? <laughs> Finally, I know an answer to one of his goddamn questions. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will reveal the answer after the break. You're listening to the Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report on Radio Andy. Uh, Tom is away this week. We have James St. James and in Tom's place, Blake Jacobs. Hi. Um, so it's an intimate little show. Mm-hmm. And I had a you question. Had a uh-huh, I did. Uh we're going to be talking about Madonna's Truth or Dare, which turns 30 this year. Alec Kashishian directed Madonna's Truth or Dare, but who was originally supposed to direct Madonna's Truth or Dare? Was it Scorsese? Who was it? Fenton? It was Fenton. David Fincher. Yes. Oh, wow. And David Fincher at that time was only doing music videos, right? Is that where he got his start? I think that's right. Huh. I do believe that's right. Was it, didn't David Fincher do all the the Nine Inch Nails videos? Isn't that where he... Yeah, And then he did the movie Seven, which is one of right. my all-time favorite horror that movies. Was, right, yeah. Or Suspense. Yeah. Huh. Well, since we're here, shall I just do number four? Number four. Madonna's yeah. Truth or Dare turns 30. James, did you go to the opening, the premiere of Madonna's Truth or Dare, perhaps the greatest rock documentary of all time? No, but I think I was there opening night. I, I think I stood in line opening night to to watch it. I, I wasn't at the premieres, but it, it really, I mean, it changed you. It opened up doors in your head that you didn't know were there. 
You know, Alec Kashishian directed it after David Fincher, I guess, dropped out. I'm not quite sure why he he was supposed to do it. And it was supposed to be originally just a more straightforward concert film. But apparently Alec was the one who decided to do all this behind-the-scenes shenanigans, which was such a, you know, just reading this article in The Guardian, I think, that was sort of celebrating its 30th year, saying, you know, that actually at the time that was quite a bold thing to do. and No one had really done that before. And however performative we may think Madonna is, and there's no question she is, there's still a, an incredible sort of freshness and amazingness to those scenes, I suppose largely because of the dancers. And the article makes the point that the great thing about all that was it just presented gay people as gay, not like as like, right. ooh, gay people, gays must die, or ooh, freaks, weird. Just like, here we are. You know, no apologies, was, no explanation. She was such a great ally because she yes. it was presented not like it was a big deal or anything. Um, I mean, you you it it was groundbreaking in yeah, and the whole the 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 drama with Warren Beatty and then the drama with Mama Makeup, um, all of that. I mean, like you can just I mean, so many scenes stay with you forever and ever. Like when like Kevin the, Costner the, the came line back. About why would why would I want to live off of camera? You know, I mean, like that whole right. Which Warren Beatty was like looked like a sort of oh he was pricking the bubble or sort of speaking the greater truth and yet actually Warren Beatty was so wrong and so out of it of course no one wants to live off camera of course we're here to live on camera you know like do you know what I mean he was he was skewering Madonna for something that has since become ubiquitous the world we live in right yeah and, and it's she funny was though right. because it, it now madonna i think is at warren Beatty's age where he was in that and she sort of is now i you get the feeling that she's more in league with how he was thinking it was sort of an age a generational thing where mm-hmm. um I, I don't think that madonna if you t- if you did a, a movie about her backstage shenanigans now it would be the same documentary I forget which tour it was because she's made documentaries pretty much of most tours, but there was one where there was a scene with the dancers and they were like, why don't you come play with us after the show? And she was like, cause I have kids and I'm a mother and I'm, you know, <laughs> she kind of like said, we don't do that anymore. Been there, done that. But, Oh my God, Jose and Lewis. I just had such a oh, such beautiful, just, beautiful boys. Yeah. Beautiful. And so, I mean, I got I've got to know Lewis subsequently because he lives in LA, and you know, do you um, see him? He lives in Palm Springs, doesn't he? Have a dance studio yeah, there? Yeah. Do you see him and on Palm Springs? Such a sweet and lovely person, but yeah. in the in the video, so pouty and sort of severe, and just like, oh gosh, just. I had a roommate who uh, stalked Lewis uh, uh, for for six months and, and got him. <laughs> he managed to land him. Uh, but everyone on the planet was after those two boys. They were so cute. I, apparently, I haven't seen the film in a long time, but apparently it really stands up. Uh, I believe that, yeah. Time. And remember her rolling around on her mother's grave and then yes. her best friend, and she was so more, she was so nasty to her. Like yes. The best friend was, wanted to just be friends with her again, and she was just sort of like, Ugh. Well, it did <laughs> capture that aspect of her, right? Because Madonna has been kind of nasty it's been her sort of calling card right and 
And I definitely think performative, like rolling around on the grave. I just remember thinking, oh, how ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah, but 35 years later, 30 years later, you're still remembering that. Like she knew yes. what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. Uh-huh. Uh, in bed, it's called Truth or Dare or in other parts of the world, In Bed with Madonna. Oh, and filleting the water bottle, of course. Yes. And swallowing. Anyway. And moving on now, number three. Number three. Number three. Um, I want to revisit Big Sky on ABC, a TV series by David E. Kelly. Um, it takes place in Montana. And it's um, it's very interesting the way they, they're presenting the show. The, the season, they're showing it in three different parts. There's like three. What? Is this season two? No, this is around. We're still on the first season, okay. but they just they show that they'll have six episodes, and it's a complete story. And then they'll go be off the air for two months, and they'll do six more episodes, and it's the a whole new a whole new thing. And then six, so they have three different parts of the season, but they have like a couple months in between, and each one is sort of self-contained, even though right. there is like an overarching serial killer theme i did say that it was just recently renewed for season two though it's so. really good and there's um it it's very there's there's like i said there's an overarching where there's ronald who is sort of a rapist serial killer and he's very creepy but um there, right now there's a another family of like um there's a creepy old man and he's got a crazy wife and three sons that are all killers and they are they're on this ranch and they're all sort of like vying to see who will take over the ranch when the father dies and they're all killing each other and knocking each other and killing people and raping people and this and that but there was something this week there was an episode this week that really pushed the boundaries of things that are acceptable on television and it just it was so creepy in in upsetting and triggering that um i really felt like they've gone too far and it it, it was it, 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 if you watch the show you'll know what i'm talking about but it was just it was very upsetting and it's just it's it they it's it, it's pushing boundaries it's just fantastic can you it, shed uh, a little light on what the boundaries being pushed are for, well for it's the... just 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 icky icky psychosexual drama that's happening and and is it is one of those shows where um like i said you you nothing happens nothing happens nothing happens and in the last 20 seconds of every show there's they turn everything on its head and everything you know you everything your day is day is night and black is white and you everything you think you know you don't know if they he, he's just doing a very amazing job and you know truckers in montana is not a show that i you know i i care that much about the the but they're just all so creepy and weird. And I'm never going to Montana. I don't care who gives <laughs> me a branch out there. Place I'm never going to is East Town. My God. Oh, is that mayor. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's something about how um Jean Smart was being carried off on a stretcher and she said, I'm sorry, I'm not bloody enough for you, or that like everyone is quoting this line that she said, I'm sorry, I'm not dismembered enough for you. <laughs> It's yeah, Gene Smart is really good. At the only moment, the only light relief, and even the light relief is kind of noir, kind of dark. Anyway, All right, Sky, I just, I, 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 I hope everyone gets gives this show a chance because it's really, it's just dark and creepy and weird. All right, number two, Blake. Number two. Well, I've got another really dark and creepy and weird show. Um, <laughs> I have recently found again the Bad Girls Club. Remember the Bad Girls Club? 
Yeah. Yeah. What was it on? Was it E? It, it was on Oxygen. It started in 2006, and it's where they put seven alpha females into a house together. Basically, it's the real world. Had a, if the real world had a baby with Jerry Springer, it would be the Microsoft. <laughs> Made by the same company, by the way, as Buna Murray, who made the real oh, world. Oh, the Kardashians, yeah. sure. Yeah. Which I had that flag to talk about. I thought it was kind of weird that Buna, I, I don't know. I guess I've just always thought Buna Murray, besides World of Wonder, was like the top tier production company. Like the, the, I don't know. And I just, yeah. yeah, and it's just weird to me that they would do this show. Is it weird? Well, it was a huge hit, Blake, when Bad Girls Club was like defined the network, right? It was no, like- it was a huge hit, and it, it spawned 17 seasons and then many spinoffs and all of this. But it just seems I don't know, maybe I'm looking through a 2021 lens at Bad Girls Club because the, another thing I had tagged to talk about about it was I do you think it would get made today after like Me Too and all of that stuff? Like the most recent season or the season that I most recently watched was season seven in new Orleans. And there was this one girl who would call guys that she didn't think were cool. Faggettes. Oh dear. Meaning faggots. And Perez Hilton did the, the reunion and he called her out in the reunion and gave her like a trophy for the most, the girl he's most hated ever on this, uh, the entire series. But I was just thinking while watching it, I wonder if this show would ever even get a green light today. Well, I doubt so it much, would. So much TV. I mean, you know, like, w- can it get made anymore? I mean, like, you know, would, would, would the Kardashians be picked up now? I mean, like, would, I mean, maybe the Kardashians, but, but so much, um, yeah, of television. There was a moment where you could be nasty and bitchy and evil and, and you can't really do that anymore. Yeah. I just, I love the show. I love trash TV. So uh, you can watch all 17 seasons on the NBC app if you would like to. I am. You know, it made me think that perhaps they'll bring it back. I hope so. I mean... Can there be seventeen seasons if it started in two thousand six? It's like it's like Survivor having forty seven seasons. Like, how do you get forty seven seasons? How can there be like twenty five seasons of The Voice? We we had. Is there yeah. like a, a break in the time space continuum or something that, that they're? <laughs> well, you having? do two a year, James. There's no, it's not oh. no rule that says you can only do one season a year. No. I suppose. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you can watch, by the way, speaking of seasons, uh, Million Dollar Listing New York on Bravo from World of Wonder. Um, I forget. Oh God, is it season nine? Anyway, yes. does it? Yeah, season nine. Uh, Thursdays, uh, 9 p.m., 8 central. Uh, or watch the episode, first episode now, right now on the Bravo app. All right, we're going to take one last break. And when we come back, we'll reveal the number one thing that made us go wow this week. You're listening to The Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. And welcome back to The Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Jane St. James and Blake. Um, we've been counting down the top 10 things that make us go wow. We've reached number one. What? It's that time. <laughs> We're always like, well, what is number one? What well, is I know one? what number one is. Of course oh, I know what number one is. X. Number one. 
Reveal. Number one, the return of Benefer. It's the most exciting reunion of all time. It's so happy. Good news. I feel like it's 2003 all over again. Oh, everything old is new again. How how no- I, I was I was not invested in J Rod. I mean A A Rod and J Lo. I didn't care when they broke up. That meant nothing to me. But the, but then when she suddenly and you talk about performative, you talk about rolling around on your mother's grave. You, you know what's happening. They know exactly what they are doing. They are both having a career lull, and they're going to ramp that shit up. We are going. We are going to watch every minute of this reunion. But what what has happened? I I I'm I, well, ben, I missed um, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are back together again. And why? Benton, where I, have you been? I don't know. I've been like <laughs> reading about Bieber. Just literally last week, she and A Rod broke up after being together mm-hmm. for eight years, something like that, and. Um, all out of the blue, Ben 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 Affleck and J Lo were seen rolling around in a in a in a convertible together, like making out and uh, for TMZ. Like it was weren't they? Like, weren't they actually in Montana or something? <laughs> were they in a drug they, in Montana? <laughs> I think they were, but <laughs> yeah, they were they were fracking on a, on a ranch somewhere. <laughs> There's been um, I've I heard recently that it's been going on for a little bit, like. Like, even whenever she went with A-Rod somewhere, they went on a vacation when they thought that they were going to break up. Well, apparently Ben Affleck was sending her love notes then. Well, trying to woo her back Netflix was also in the news th- this past couple of weeks where he was on that dating site the 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 what was it, the raya raya he was trying to, to pick up the girl and she didn't believe that it was actually ben affleck and he was like come on it's me i'm ben affleck come be with me and she was she's like whatever and then she well, got all famous before it and then matthew perry got in trouble this week because of that raya, app. raya. yeah but hang on hang on Ben Affleck just got back together with Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Uh-huh. While on a dating app trying to find someone else. This is this is right before he got back together with Jennifer. He was he was all fucked up on Raya, like TikTok and some girl, like like, hey baby, I'm Ben Affleck. And she was like, No, you aren't. And it was like, Come on, come on, DM me. And she was like, Whatever. Because she didn't believe him. <laughs> she thought it was like a deep fake video or something. <laughs> But yeah, Benefer 2.0, I'm all about it. I all feel like that was too. that was like the peak of their I haven't really cared about anyone she's been with since him. Well, just the the Jenny from the block video when he's like remember he was making pumping her gas and it was oh god <laughs> it, was, it was such a moment, it was such a vibe, it was such a mood. Totally. I I hate to be well, I might as well just put it out. What is Raya? Like what does it involve? Oh, it's a dating site for famous people. It's it's you can only be on it if you're rich and famous, and only but rich and famous was... people hook up with other rich and famous people. So who was the girl then? She wasn't rich or famous. She's an influencer. She's a social media influencer. How, who decides, James? Do you? Well, I, I was going to say, Fenton, you obviously aren't rich and famous enough to be on Raya. <laughs> Otherwise, you would know what we were talking about. Blake and I are on it. Goodness. <laughs> yeah. I got invited from being on this show. <laughs> well, who knows who's hitting you up, huh? <laughs> like, 
Hopefully Ben Affleck. I know, right? <laughs> I, who would turn down? I mean, literally, even fucked up Ben Affleck is still, you know, hot, right? Yeah. I mean, he is a hot guy. He's he's just, you can't get away from it. And even when he's, he's got this sort of Robert Downey Jr. thing where, like, the more fucked up he is, the more you just want to, like, just <laughs> 3 a.m. booty call. like. And then you, there's that rod saying and, um... Well, that scene where you see his rod in the shower and Gone Girl. Yes, yes, and Gone Girl. Uh-huh. And so I like him even when he's got like the dad bod and he's sort of like <laughs> just all just <laughs> slurring and <whoa. laughs> I just, just leave you to it to have an Afflecky type thing going on. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the Wow Report on Radio Andy Sirius XM. You can listen to previous episodes, well, watch previous episodes actually on our YouTube channel, Wow Presents, um, or listen to them on the Sirius Radio app, right? Um, we'll see you at the same time, same place next week. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go wow. wow. Like get vaccinated.